Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. This is going to be the third episode, and we're going to do the readings for the um, the Epiphany. This is, of course, the coming of the wise men. So um, let's begin with an act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever, ever Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and forgive us all. All our sins. Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion. Christea Lysion, Christea Lysion, Christea Lysion. Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion, Kyrie Lysion. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, and we'll say the Gloria. So, we are, uh, I guess we're pretty close to the end of Christmas, right? Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. I just recently uh, on YouTube watched a um, an interview, Matt Fred interviewing this priest, uh, and they were talking about the Shroud of Turin, and the Shroud of Turin is is quite interesting. All the um, the stuff that they they discovered. I mean, they can't say definitively that this is without question or doubt the cross I mean the the shroud of Christ that he was wrapped in and they can't say definitively that it's from the first century all they can do is produce um, present the objective evidence the objective results that they that they came across that they you know through study um the okay the fact that one the they found soil samples that match soil samples, uh, soils that 
come around that are around the grottos of Jerusalem. They've um, they've also the one is that the style of the uh, bone weaving. It's like a a fish bone weaving kind of like style that is very much to the region. On it, they also found pollen. Pollen that is within the region of Jerusalem that grows around the time uh, of May, April and May, which is around the time of the Passover. Um, also, one of the interesting thing is like the the the, the nail marks. The, the result is the man himself is definitely crucified. He shows he's, he's been crucified. The, the nail marks which are around the wrist, which is common the way Romans crucified an individual, is very fascinating. It's just unbelievably very interesting. Um, the one thing you also notice is that the thumb of the individual in the shroud, okay, we'll say, we'll say in this in, in this way, um, is curved in, which is the result of the way of the, which would be the result, a common result of, of the nails going through the wrist that struck a very sensitive nerve. And also, there's also a laceration around the uh, part of the man's shoulder he would not have carried the the full cross, the like the, the the letter T, as we see, you know, the crosses on our walls or crucifixes. No, he would have only carried the top half, the horizontal half, the vertical half would have already been there on the side of his of the crucifixion, and it shows. There's a lot of a lot of studies. But what's interesting is the, birth, the the imprint, the image of the man is burnt onto it in such a way that it doesn't hurt the shroud. It doesn't even go through to the other end. It only touches the surface. It's not paint. It's not like something they try to say a Leonardo da Vinci thing that some kind of um, camera uh, burn or something like that because you you have to keep like whatever it is they think of so many different theories about how it could have been done it's just it's not there there's no evidence of anything the the one thing the scientific evidence is one thing the historical evidence of the Shroud's history where they try to say it might have been the 13th century that's impossible because we have medieval manuscripts that document the Shroud um, that show that earlier dates where the Shroud has traveled there are um, medieval manuscripts um, that show that definitely depict the shroud. Um, 
and you know it, it's it's you know it, it's an interesting history that showed long before the carbon dating um the carbon dating that's the 1988 that that said that the shroud was a fraud these these manuscripts prove it's far you know before long before that the so-called date that they picked it's very you know it, there's a lot on it i mean i'm going to try to like do a podcast on it it may even take several podcasts just to do it but i found that very fascinating so this is something that i want to you know i want to definitely um uh do it's just it's just very interesting all right so let's uh let's begin the reading okay this is the um the epiphany readings the first one is from isaiah chapter uh, isaiah 60 verse 1 to 6 and uh this particular reading is for all three cycles okay a reading from the book of the prophet isaiah rise up in splendor jerusalem your light has come the glory of the lord shines upon you see darkness covers the earth and thick clouds cover the people but upon you the lord shines and over you appears his glory nations shall walk by your light and kings by your shining radiance raise your eyes and look about they all gather and come to you your sons come from afar and your daughters in the arms of their nurses then you shall be radiant at what you see your heart shall throb and overflow for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you the wealth of nations shall be brought to you caravans of camels shall fill you dromedaries from midian and ephah all from sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the lord the word of the lord thanks be to god okay now this is going to be psalm 72 lord every nation on earth will will adore you lord every nation on or, on earth will adore you O god with your judgment endow the king and with your justice the king's son he shall govern your people with justice and your afflicted ones with judgment Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his days and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Sheba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. For he shall rescue the poor when he cries out, and the afflicted when he has no one to help him. He shall have pity for the lowly and the poor and the lives of the poor he shall save. Lord, every nation on earth 
will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Amen. All right. Second, the um, second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 2 to 3, and 5 to 6. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promises in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Okay, one more time. A, letter, a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. You have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to me in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. By the Spirit, the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard that he was greatly, he heard this, he was greatly troubled and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophets, and you, O Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star and and. On entering the house, they saw the child with his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him 
gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, how do we, how do we understand the, the story of the wise men? How do we really comprehend it all? How do we, in a sense, interpret it? Isaiah gives us an image of Gentiles coming and worshiping a king and paying tribute to Jerusalem. But that's, I'm going to touch upon that at the end a little bit. But I want to focus on what, what, I, what we see here. And there's, there's several different ways we can look at this. Well, we don't have firm, firm documented evidence of where the wise men came from or what, were, who were these wise men. And we could only surmise by their gifts that they were three. That just comes from tradition. And that's not a problem. You know, we can just say there's three by their gifts. Frankincense, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And according to some latest scholarship study, the gifts actually could tell us that they were possibly Jews living in diaspora. And or, this is a, this is a theory, they could be Jews or maybe righteous or Gentiles who had been influenced by the school of Daniel. Possibly. Some even think they might have come from, not from Persia, because all that stuff about Greece, Persia, and Arabia, that comes from tradition. It doesn't tell us where they came from. But according to Isaiah, they definitely could have come from Arabia. Some believe that they could have been Jews from the diaspora by their gifts. And by the question, where is he who is the new king of the Jews? Some would say that possibly says that they're Gentiles, but they knew where to come. They knew to go to Jerusalem. They knew that he would be of the nation of Israel. So that part could be that they they definitely were could have been Jews. Jews who lived among the diaspora, meaning outside of the Holy Land, living in other places. It could have been that they themselves could have been from from the time of the Babylonian exile, maybe. There's no real explanation. The other way we can look at it is by their gifts. Gold. This gold could have been from the, from the Temple of Solomon. This is what some theories say. Why would they give him gold? Frankincense. Frankincense points to divine worship. And myrrh. Myrrh points to his sacrifice, to the atonement. King, right, priest, and sacrifice. Those all, those, the, 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 the gold is for his kingship, right? The gold from the first temple, possibly, but it, it could be. But let's say 
It is. And let's say maybe it isn't. It doesn't matter. It points to his kingship and divinity. The, the frankincense definitely points to divinity. King and also his divine, his divine place, but also his priesthood. Because only the high priest can go into the Holy of Holies before the king and only for a short moment. Myrrh, frank, you know, gold, frankincense, myrrh points to his sacrifice, that he's a victim for someone who will take away the sins of the world. So they knew what gifts to bring. That only points to the possibility they also had a very firm grounded theology. They had a firm grounded idea of who this man is, who this child is, who this child is supposed to be. All right, I use the term man, sorry, but he was a child, but still, the man he will become, obviously. Now, they come to Jerusalem. Where is he who is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star. How, how, uh, how did they knew the star was coming? Well, if you look at, if you ever get a chance, you can go on YouTube and you can get it for free. You don't have to pay for it on Amazon. It's called the Star of Bethlehem. And the man who, who studies the Star of Bethlehem, he's a lawyer. I don't, can't remember his name, recall his name, but he, he did, he did some pretty good research. His research is unbelievably remarkable. And he, they, I'm sure now NASA improved their technology. But there's a technology uh, where they actually can, NASA can, can turn back the clock and see what, you know, what exactly happened 2,000 years ago. And pretty much church tradition points to the fact the star happened in December and that there was a star around the week of December 25th. They can't say it happened around December 25th, but they definitely, there was a time where it did. There was some event. Now, remember, this, this, this event of coming to see the Christ child was not at his birth. All that comes from uh, several different sources. One is, it, it mostly you can put point everything to the Proto-Evangelium, the Gospel of James, which was not a real gospel. It was actually, it's really a devotional more than it is a gospel. Um, you know, devotional ideas of like, you know, of, of his birth, mo mostly like traditions and stuff like that. They said Herod, when he ordered the death of all the infants in Bethlehem, the children in Bethlehem and the neighboring towns, Asher asked when, you know, he decided to kill all the newborn of all, all under the age of two. This would definitely point to the fact that he figured that they, since they'd been following the star for close to two years, he wanted to be certain that he killed the Christ child and decided that the, all, all those under two years of age should die. So he could have been at the time of the visit of the wise men, 
the, the Christ, the Christ child, somewhere at least around two years of uh, two years old, at least close to it, if not two years, at least close to two years old. Remember, it, they didn't come the night of the shepherds. They weren't mentioned in Luke's gospel the night of the shepherds. They didn't. They weren't there. There was no star at the nights of the shepherds. The only thing that first appeared was the angels and the heavenly host. This, when, when, when Matthew mentions the wise men, they were living in a house. And Matthew's words to describe the, the, the Christ child's age was something like a toddler, close to two years of age, somewhere between, somewhere close to two years of age. After the birth of Jesus, there was also his circumcision within seven days. And then the consecrating the child within 40 days, Mary's purification. So all that could not have been, could not have happened in one, in, in, in one or two nights. It had to have happened much later, everything. And, you know, this is something that, I think, you know, we have, it sounds fair. So two years or close to two years later, a strange star appears. These men were definitely astronomers. Okay. Some will say, call them astrologers, but the word astrology and astronomy in the ancient world was unanimous. They weren't really, they didn't study the stars the way we have people looking up their, their horoscope symbol believing that they can't make a move without doing something. No, all of that is nonsense. Close to two years of age. And they decided, you know, I mean, afterward, they were told in the dream not to go to Herod, but to go to the, their home country in another way. Possibly these men came with bodyguards. I don't think anyone would travel without bodyguards back then. The same way Joseph and Mary did not travel to Bethlehem all by themselves, the way you see those images on Christmas cards. No. They would never, they, that would never have been. No. What happened was for the, for, you know, for, for the, you know, for those people back then, you know, they had the images that we have now, all the stuff that we have, the popular images that, you know, um, you know, them, Mary and Joseph walking on, you know, traveling with a donkey. Possibly they could have had relatives. All that stuff, you know, on their own was possibly not true. All of it was followed, you know, followed uh, what, you know, what their, you know, logical cultural behavior. It's all logical cultural behavior, cultural, cultural attitude. It's just, you know, um, we just need to be careful and, um, you know, how do we interpret it? How do we interpret the, um, the, the, the Christmas story, the Christmas story, basically Christ is for the hope for, for the Gentiles. Let's just say they are Gentiles, but these are Gentiles that have been well-educated, um, and then, of course, we have to, you know, look at, let's say, the death of the of the Christ child. That too uh, 
you know, you know, you know, we all we have to remember that there's a lot of like cultural um, prejudices, you know, that we developed. A lot of the stuff comes from also Hollywood and popular culture. So it's a, uh, you know, it, you know, it's it's something. I hope that Jenkins might do something about the wise men. Elise also do the story about the, you know, in passion. Uh, what really, you know, just just to break away from the prejudices. All right, so I'm going to end it here, and uh, that's it. All right, so Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year. All right. All right, hold on here. Okay. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten, uh, begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. And for us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the power, by the Holy Spirit, was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius un, under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the Giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Okay. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God bless.